This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to This Is Why the Podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, news, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called How to Master Dating. Since it's our second to last episode, we figured we'd go back to our roots, go back to how it all began, and do an episode all about dating. That is how we started the show. So we are going to be answering your listener questions, including how to let grudges go, getting along with the in-laws also. Then we're going to be talking about what's in the news, the best dating shows ever, and a new dating app hits the market. Wow, these feel like like OG news stories. But first, Angela, what has been going on in your week? How are you feeling about this being the second to last episode? What is up with you? I mean, I'm so excited about this episode because, yeah, this is, I mean, let's face it, dating is our wheelhouse. We, last week, we read our like all time top listened to episodes and they were all our dating episodes. So, except that um, Laura had a baby one. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, semi related. True. You, you true, had a baby true. because you went on a date. Because I had Nick. intercourse. Yes. Exactly. So, totally and we've, had, we've done a lot of sex episodes. So, no, you're right. Maybe that's a stretch. Very related, though. <laughs> for the most part. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited. We always have a lot of fun when we talk about this stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm still, in terms of my week personally, I'm still dealing with wedding stuff and processing wedding things. You're um, married after, like, <laughs> it's so crazy because, oh, I know I've said this before, but you met Ian. And he came like your second date was him coming to our This Is Why You're Single show, like way before we had a podcast. I know. And now you're married to him, which is nuts. And then, and also, I got engaged to Nick on the stage of our This Is Why You're Single show. So, like, our show and how we began has had such a big part in both of our personal lives in such a direct and intimate way. It's just so nuts. And now I just had a baby, and you just, you're married, you are married to that guy that I came know. to our show it's so it's so crazy it's really weird and it's like yeah I was like I really directly credit like writing about dating with giving me confidence in dating and then meeting the person that I married so it's it's crazy do you meet him on tinder on okcupid oh, okay. which like that just shows how long ago it was that okcupid was not I knew that using too. at the time. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. But I was, I did use Tinder, but weirdly, I never, I had I more signed luck you up for Tinder. Yeah. Um, but I always preferred OkCupid, but I know now it's different. Like now, OkCupid is like not the way to go and it's all about Tinder, but whatever. That, was, yeah. that was back in my day. Um, people keep asking what it's like. Like they're like, well, how do you feel to be married? What's it like to be married? And I need to like come up with a good stock answer yeah. because I'm just like, I don't know. The same. It's we the already same. <laughs> we already lived together and like yeah. I just keep saying I'm happy to not say fiance anymore because husband is a better word. Fiance. I always like said it like, yeah, like I always like had to like make like a face because it like sounded too fancy. 
Um, well, it sounds like showy. I I mean, I've said, right. I've said I hate the word Beyonce. I always would say boyfriend. I was and I would just say boyfriend because Beyonce is being like he put a ring on it. Like we right. are about to be married. You know, like it just felt like you were trying to tell people like we're engaged. Okay. Like Beyonce, Beyonce. I I do have to say husband like still feels weird too. I think eventually it'll feel normal. But now it also does kind of feel braggy. I'm like my husband. My husband. My husband. My husband. Um, But um, you'll get used to it. Yeah, it's it's better. (laughs) It's definitely a better word. It's a more solid word. Um, But uh, so I tried to – I got all my photos back from the first wedding and I'm like, what am I going to do with all these photos? Cause I know next year now I'm going to get even more like, what do I do with a bunch of photos of myself? Photo dump. Um, so, well, I, I did some on Instagram, but being an elder millennial, I was like, you know, I hate Facebook. I don't use it. I haven't posted photos in a really long time, but there's just something in me that I'm like, when there's a big life event and like Facebook does make it easy to like post an album of all your photos in one place. So I was like, I'm going to do it. You got to do it. I was like, is it weird? Is it weird to just like post 100 photos on Facebook on a random Thursday afternoon? I don't know. I'm going to do it. Good for you. So I did it. And then literally I I hit – I took all my time to like tag people. I went to hit post and I got a thing that popped up that said you have been locked out of your Facebook account due to suspicious activity. And literally (laughs) Facebook – Thought that my account had been hacked because it was so unusual for me <laughs> to post photos. And I, I had to like send them my government photo ID to get back what? into my account. It was freaking ridiculous. And I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God. You're like, am no, I going to tag all these people again? Jesus. But also like, am I never going to get onto Facebook again? Because the whole process was so janky and there's like no customer support. I was like tweeting at them, but that's I knew they were never going to answer me. So and that's, I can't believe you had to waste your time doing this. All they had to do before they lock someone out of the account, just see like, what pictures is this person posting? Oh, Oh, wow. It's her wedding. And wow, if I just look at the pictures, it's definitely the person in the profile picture. It's yeah, like, I mean, not, they have, but they I love have they the technology. Like, like, when you go to tag photos, they suggest people to tag. So they do have like facial recognition right. technology. Zuckerberg knows. It's like they were basically like, oh my God, it all of a sudden, like, it was like they treated it like you like went in and bought like, a Ferrari. And they're like, mm, Angela Sparrow would not be buying a Ferrari. Right. <laughs> like, Angela Sparrow is not posting 100 pictures on Facebook. She is not a picture poster on Facebook. Suspicious. Block. It was so dramatic. It was so overly dramatic. And I was like, you know what? People already hate you. You are already the not cool corner of social media. And when you pull things like this, this is why. You're like, I try, I'm trying to do exactly what you're set up to do, which is share my life event with you. And you lock me out of the castle. Yeah. So what I eventually fuck? got back on. Um, but it was a really harrowing experience. <laughs> and That's actually insane know. that they have like the same technology as credit card companies use. Where like you d- literally do something slightly out of your typical behavior. And they're like, nope, suspicious. And they don't actually but even look into it. The whole thing was so janky. Like I, I just kept thinking about how in the social network like movie about Facebook, how they were like, oh, we can't have ads because we want it to be cool. And like how far they've fallen that now, like it was like 
I felt like I, I got like a Nigerian prince scammer email. Like it was like because like it was like literally like you're asking for my ID. This can't be real. Like you're this is a scam. I've been hacked. Like it was just like it That's was crazy. And so there was no nuts. support. It was nuts. I uh, don't know what I will do next year. I don't know if I, I will do another Facebook album so the people I went to high school with can see your real your real wedding. How good I looked. Um <laughs> your big wedding. What did the pictures post after you gave them your government ID? Yes. Thank God. After all that, I didn't have to do it again. They were there. So when I logged back in, it was like, we, we've we detected suspicious activity, so please review um, these posts. And it was just <laughs> the photos. So okay, it was weird. like, it was insane. But yeah, um, it was me and I wasn't hacked. It was just me trying to post photos of my wedding. <laughs> So funny, and like maybe have an ex boyfriend see them and 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 be like, "Wow, look at how beautiful that woman who got away is." I was thinking about this a lot about I. So I didn't know until today that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are back together. You didn't know? No, I've been in like a baby bubble. I didn't know, and I'm so excited about it. And it just made me think. I was like. If I was ever because my one of my neighbors, I probably shouldn't be saying this. I don't think she listens to the show. She <laughs> she just like got back together with somebody that um she got back together with somebody that like she dated like two decades ago. And wow. I was and I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, there is like a certain like comfort there, kind of like Benefer. As I, you know, we're calling right. them that again, right? Yeah, I think that I saw somebody like, oh, there was like a weird, I think somebody called them like Jen Jaffleck or something. And, and people were like, no, they're Benefer. And they're Benefer. Jaffleck, yeah, come on now. Get with it. Benefer. We all, the oldies remember Benefer. Yeah. And so I am so excited about Benefer because I was around at the like, the like Geely Oh, like the height. The height. And so I was thinking, so, and then it made me think about, like, my neighbor who, like, got divorced and is now, like, her new boyfriend is someone that she used to date. And when I told Nick this, he was like, oh, that would be, like, the worst. Like, he's like, if, oh, my God, like, because wouldn't that make you feel like, he's like, if you did that to me, it would just make me feel like he's something in the effect of, like, that you were, like, oh, like, this whole time you were, like, secretly, like, yearning for that person you used to date, you know? Right. Like the middle person was like the waiting room relationship. The waiting room relationship. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, do you think Jennifer Garner feels like the waiting room relationship? I hope not. I really – I feel very protective of Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yeah. If you – if Ian was your waiting room relationship, do you have somebody that you would date that you used to like – that you used to be with? I think like I would be very intrigued to see how certain people have aged. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. they are still the same people or if they've grown up because a lot of the people I dated had a lot of room for improvement over the years. So like maybe if their brains are fully cooked now, I could envision some, some yeah, people. It's so hard. There's like there's really like not really many people that I would want to go back with. Um, but yeah, I mean like- later in the episode, we're going to talk about things that we've learned. And yeah, like, that is one of my things about like how – perspective in dating is really important yeah there's one that there's one person I'm like still friendly with on social media I'm like okay like he aged well and he's like he stands like a nice guy 
Um, but I just find like the making like the person you have kids with and like your and then you date somebody that you used to date. It's like, wow, that was like a big waiting room relationship, the like big one. Yeah. I have to say though, and I mean, granted, I just got married, so I, I should be saying nice things about the person I married. I anytime I look at like people that I did date, I'm like, thank God I'm with Ian. <laughs> like, thank God. So yes. Oh my God. This didn't saying, work uh, out. Totally. And like it all led me to this point because this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, every time I'm like, how the hell did I land Nick? Like, thank God I ended up with like this hot, smart, nice guy. Like, oh. Thank God I didn't end up with any of these other people. I don't want their lives. Like, I don't want any of those lives. That's what I but say I think- when I look at, like, all my, like, the people I used to date. I'm like, I don't want those lives. I mean, there's a couple that, like, they seem they seem like they're okay and they seem fine. But for the most part, it's like, thank God. Oh, my right. God. Thank God. But you never would have believed it at the time when no, you I was were, obsessed. like, crying over that person. So I, I hope anybody that's listening, if you're, like, either going through a breakup or you're, like, obsessed with somebody and they're not paying attention to you, just – Keep in mind that in a few years, you could be like us being like, oh, thank God that didn't work out. Yeah, for sure. But can you believe I just found out about Benefer today? It's like happened like two months ago. I I feel like I I actually was just like, what? What is wrong with me? I used to do this for a living. Like I used to write about celebrities for a living. I would have to like follow Ben Affleck. Like if he was at a restaurant, I'd have to go to the restaurant and like try to get a table next to him. Like that is the creepy stuff I used to have to do when I worked at magazines. And I did not know that they were back together. Together. This is like that'd be like Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston level. Like they're getting together and she's pregnant. Like, how did I not know this? And- I actually really wanted to talk about it in one of the news stories on our show, but because the news changes so fast, by the time our episode airs, I was like, they'll be broken up. But they I guess they're still she's together. like talking. I don't know if it's real though. I, just, I feel like it's not real. I feel like it's a PR thing. But- I saw it pop up and I was like, oh, this is a fake news article. Cause I was like, there's no way that could happen and I wouldn't know about it. Like, there's just no way. And then it was real and I couldn't believe it. So, anyways, today I found out about Benefer and it made me think about exes and waiting room relationships. Yeah. Better late than never to find out about Benefer. All right, it's time to jump into our mailbox. Into our mailbox. <laughs> oh, second to last episode. But first, let's take a quick sponsor break. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You shouldn't have inter- anything interfering with your happiness. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that Angela and I, we love therapy we love talking about our shit we like getting it out we've talked so much about how much therapy has helped us and how it can help you yes we give advice on the show but we're very clear we give bff advice we are not licensed therapists we are not the professionals we can give you that big sister advice but when you really want to get into the nitty-gritty go to the professionals it's a safe and private online environment it's so convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours Yeah. So a bit about BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. That's probably very important. In addition to your messaging, you should like be talking on a regular basis. Um, And the service is available for clients worldwide. So no matter where you are, you can get better help. Yeah. And we've talked about like, it can be a little overwhelming to think, where do I start with finding somebody to talk to? Where do I go to find a licensed therapist? So this is just, I'm so glad that this exists. 
Yeah. Uh, we want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash this is why. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash this is why. All right, Angela, what's in the mailbox? Okay, first up, we have a question from an anonymous listener who writes... I am still holding a grudge of a difficult guest who cost us um, additional money adding and canceling plus ones into the week of the wedding who didn't bring slash send even a card. How do I let this go? I work with them still. So yeah, this I'm person a- got married. And, and then <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a petty bee and I never forget people that like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned. I never, I have not forgotten the few people that like, just forgot to send me a wedding gift. Nope, didn't forget. Um, I still I think remember the combination, the combination of not sending a gift and um, adding and canceling plus ones a week before the wedding. Like, I would never let that go. No, me neither. I mean, that doesn't mean that I would fight with the person, but I would no, I still tell remember. that story to people for the rest of my life. I hate thank you notes. Like, I hate getting them from people because it makes me just feel bad that I gave them a gift, except for like a <laughs> wedding gift like and I still remember like a close friend like got married like I don't know six years ago never sent a thank you note and I'm like did she just like not get my gift like did she not did my gift get lost did someone steal it like what happened I never got a thank you note did she not like it like I never so the things that I've not forgotten is the people that didn't send me thank you notes for their wedding uh the friend the two close friends that like just didn't give me a gift for my wedding and I'm like, I'm like, I, when I say I like, I remember it, I'm not holding a grudge. Like I love, I still love them. I still go to all their things. I still buy them birthday presents, but like, but like, I still am just like, you never get my gift for my wedding. Um, I remember that. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. All right. Even though I was just talking shit two seconds ago about people not bringing gifts about the sending thank yous, I am going through such chaos with sending thank yous right now because People sent engagement gifts and the people sent shower gifts. And no, no, one card, one card for it all. No, but like not just that, but then like people were sending them right before our shower and then our shower got canceled. And then I, there was like weird COVID where I was like, I can't send thanks right now. I'm depressed. But then like I just lost track. And now oh, no. there is such chaos of me trying to like remember who I've sent thank yous to and who I haven't. We had an Excel doc that we were color coding, but we kind of lost track of it. No. And I, it is like the anxiety of my life right oh, now. No. So. Yeah, no, that's – but yeah, I mean, you've just got to send like – you just do one note for everything for sure and not multiple. And like, oh God, if you sent it – I mean, worst case, you send it twice – well, that's but, what I was like. Yeah, if I send two thank yous, it's better than no thank you. Yeah. But I just, just you know, yeah. part of my gift is you don't have to send me a thank you note. Okay, you're getting a pass. So, but but for baby gifts, weird- all baby gifts should come with like a you do not need to send a thank you note. Just a picture of the baby next to the gift. Or God, there's so many rules. Or a text. The only time I think you need should have to send thank you notes is like. I don't know, like weddings just feel so traditional. I feel like, and everybody makes jokes about how like how much it fucking sucks to write like 200 thank you notes. So I feel like you just like have to do it. But like when you have a baby, like you don't need to send a thank you note to people because I, when I get thank you notes from people and I gave them a baby gift, I actually feel bad because I'm like, you were dealing with a newborn and you had to write me an obligatory thank you note. Like that makes me feel so bad. Um, Anyways, 
Okay, but back to the question at hand. So this guest, I had a couple friends like that were like, we had to let our venue know how many people there were. And we were really trying to like get our tables down. And it was a couple friends with like really demanding jobs. I mean, they were, and they just like couldn't tell us if they'd be able to be there or not because they worked in like the sports world. And they were like, I don't know if my team's still going to be like in the playoffs. Totally a reasonable excuse, but it was giving me like a lot of anxiety. Um, but I didn't have, uh, but, but it was, but it was, you know, very reasonable because they were being very transparent and honest about why they didn't know if they could come. I didn't have anybody that did this, but I would be really annoyed. I would have probably just said like, okay, so they canceled adding and then canceling, um, the week of the wedding. I mean, you can even, can you even change the numbers like that? You probably were out like a few hundred bucks or however much your per person was if they did it the week of the wedding. Um, Yeah. I know somebody. Or yeah, she says they cost us additional money. Yeah. So that sucks. I have a good friend who went to a wedding a few years ago and the night before the wedding, she wasn't even close with the person whose wedding she was saying. The night before the wedding, she texted the bride and was like, oh, my boyfriend can't come even though we RSVP'd that he can come. And I was like, are you no crazy? Like you literally should have just – she never would have even noticed. You should have just like not even bothered her. No, not just- bother. You don't bother the bride a night before her wedding. I actually get really pissed off. Like if I'm having like a barbecue or something – the thing I can't stand are like all of the texts that come in. Like, I'm so excited. I'm getting ready for the barbecue that I'm having at my party. And then like, obviously there's people that just like cancel last minute, but I can't stand like, I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, someone texts me. Like they're probably on their way or like asking if I need anything for the barbecue. And it's like five texts from different people being like, sorry, I can't make it. Sorry, I can't make it. Sorry, I can't make it. I'm like, Okay, this is just putting me in a bad fucking mood that like I'm getting all these can't make it texts. How about you just text me after the barbecue and say like so sorry we couldn't come so that you're not like spoiling yeah, but my then mood. You'd be waiting for them, no? Mm. It depends on how many people are attending, I guess. Yeah, yeah. If it's a small so- soiree, yes, you would be waiting for the people. True, 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 true. I don't know. That's a good question, Angela. But for me, I've actually if I if I know it's going to be like a big party, I've now started to do the thing where I just let people know after the fact. Like, so sorry we couldn't make it yesterday, or couldn't because I know how it feels to get all those like can't make it texts like while you're excitedly getting ready and how shitty it makes me feel. Um, right. I don't know. I would just like honestly, I'd be so annoyed. Okay, this person they work with them. I mean, you just gotta have to be friendly with them. But like, I would totally give them the cold shoulder and like you. Definitely have, like, no obligation to, like, if you, like, make dinner plans and have to cancel last minute, you, like, right. you, for, like, a year, can't, like, can do that a bunch and not feel bad about it. If you ever get married again, don't invite them. Don't invite them. That's- no, but for real, if you have to, like, cancel on them last minute, like, you sh- don't have to feel bad because they did that to you at your wedding. Yeah, that'll put balance back into the universe. That's Maybe that's how you heal this. Make plans and then cancel on them. Oh, we right. are petty. Petty. Right. It's our second to last episode, so why not just say what we would really do? Um, yeah. What else do we have in the mailbox? Um, okay. Next, we have <laughs> very simple, blunt question. What do you do when your in-laws drive you fucking crazy with a million question marks and exclamation points? So I actually had this conversation recently with my mother-in-law, who I love, And we had this like kind of like a heart to heart talk where we're like, yeah, when you're like getting married, 
you are marrying into a family and you really should take that into consideration because I have had, like, I have a friend who like never got along, her, her, her boyfriend never got along with her parents and it was like a strain on their relationship. They ended up getting married anyways, but it was like, you know, like it got to the point where like they would like yell at each other and I can never imagine oh, no. Nick like yelling at my parents. Like that would be totally bananas. It like, he's, you know, uh, like he's respectful. Like, yes, you know, like, how can I help you? They they would like yell at each other about things like on the phone. Like it was like, they wouldn't talk. It was like very toxic. They got married and now they're divorced. I'm not saying it's because he didn't get along with her parents, but I don't think that that helped, you know? No. It, and um, there was definitely other things, but that certainly did not help at all and probably just made it a lot easier to call it quits. You know, you're like, well, fuck, my parents don't even like them. They're definitely going to support me in this divorce kind of thing, you know, and yeah. instead of like working through anything, although I think she's better off now. Um, So I do think it is important to always take into account the family and the parents. Are there exceptions to this role? Obviously. Um, but yeah. what do you, but when they're driving you crazy, for me, I don't know exactly the situation because this is just a very simple question. I don't know, totally no context. Um, but like for me, I just think it's important that like if there is anything you need to discuss that's like at all, I don't want to use that, like not fragile, but like potentially kind of awkward, like make your partner do it with his parents. So like I am in charge of saying anything awkward to my parents. Dick is in charge of say like setting any boundaries or saying anything to his parents. And like, I just think that that's important because it's just, it, it it's like a lot easier for my parents to hear something from me. They still might get mad at me and like, maybe like things will be weird for like a few weeks if I say something they don't want to hear, but like, they're always going to forgive me. I'm their daughter. And it's like a safe right. space. Whereas like, I just, I never want them to be like mad at Nick, you know? So right. That's one thing. I don't know, Angel. What do you think about like what do you do when they're driving you crazy? Like, I think I think you you gonna have to put it on your partner. I think to like yeah. talk, talk I mean, to his parents, right? So obviously, there's like two kinds of drives you crazy. Like the first is like the thing you described, where it's like a toxic situation, and uh, that's not good. Like that's definitely not great for a lasting, healthy relationship. Um, but there's the other kind that's like less intense because like. At some point, no matter how great your in-laws are, they are going to drive you crazy. And that's normal. Um, and I always say, like, my parents drive me crazy. Yeah, like, exactly. There's a generational divide there. There's just, like, different lifestyles happening. And there's a dynamic of them, you know, seeing you as a child. So, like, if you have that, if you butt heads with your parents, like, of course, you're going to butt heads with somebody else's parents, too. Um, that's a great point. Yeah. Like, so anytime that like, <laughs> like, that's a great point. That's <laughs> all I have you. to say is like, that's no, they, so true. So if Ian and I ever like have an issue with um, like family stuff and we'll talk about it and sometimes like we'll be like, oh, wait, like, I hope this isn't like a, a big deal. Like, is this like, like, or is this a bad situation or is our relationship ruined? And it's like, no, it's no different than having an issue with your own family. It's just that's family. It's like you spend a lot of time together. You you have a lot of personal conversations and sometimes feelings get hurt and you get over it. Like I think it's just that's what family is. There's like family drama and the best way to deal with it is at least talk to your partner about it. 
Um, I don't think that you should like yell at your mother-in-law. <laughs> um, no, please don't do that. I mean, obviously it depends it on the situation. So important but I to think- me to like have a good relationship with my in-laws and like it's easy because they're so nice to me and I love them. Um, but like I'm just trying to imagine like a situation where like I didn't love them. Like I still would be like it is priority. For- it gives me so much anxiety when to not get along with people and and if it was my partner's parents, that would just be awful for me. So yeah, just try to try to make your partner say all of the things that they might get annoyed at because <laughs> they'll forgive your partner because it's their son, you know, or their daughter. Yeah. Don't don't yell. Don't yell at them. Don't don't yell at them. Unless they're like really, really awful. Like we're t- like Jerry Springer awful. But And like yeah, we've had people write in about like in-laws that are like racist or sexist or like say things that really cross the line where you kind of need to stand up for yourself or they if they're putting down your partner in front of you, like something where you're just like, oh, these people are shitty people. Mm-hmm. Um, like then then yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> then Even then stick actually- up for them or call them out on their um call them out on their misguided lately though something that has been nice though is like when i've been arguing with my mom or ian's been arguing with his mom um we've actually been like kind of stepping in and trying to mediate and be like a calm third party voice i love that which has actually been great um it makes them like you more (laughs) (laughs) well you like basically like don't take it like you're like i hear what you're saying but this is what this person's saying and like I don't know. It's nice having like somebody who's like close enough to argue in front of, but also like removed enough that they're going to like still be polite. Nick's done that for me. He's been the mediator. He's good at that. Yes. I don't dare. I just stay out of everything. (laughs) When you have your own crazy parent, it is nice having uh, your significant other help you out there. Um, We hope that that is helpful. Thank you for those thoughtful questions. Um, if you have listener questions, it really is too late because we have <laughs> probably already recorded our last episode. Uh, I'm not going to cry. But s- send questions anyway because who knows? Who knows I'm what? Just, uh, are you going to no, personally I, write back? No, that's not what I'm saying. But if something happens where we haven't recorded yet and we need a question. Oh, no, we'll have recorded. We'll have recorded, okay. I think. You know, you never know. Okay. Okay. Waste your time and write in. <laughs> if you, I pro, I promise. If you write in, I will answer you, even if it doesn't get on the show, because oh. that would be that would be really fucked up. If I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pour your pour your heart out, but uh, we'll probably ignore it. No. Okay. Yeah. This week we will write back to everybody. Yes. All right. We just said it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about what's in the news. All right, Angela, what have you been reading this week? So according to TechCrunch, there is a new dating app out there, just what we need. I'm so excited. I feel like back when we, at the height of This Is Why You're Single, every week there was a new dating app that we reported on, and most of them don't exist anymore. I know. Um, for the best for most of them. But you just, yeah. you never know which one's going to break through. It's true. And I this mean, like getting the- like a lot of money, so it looks like there's some financial support behind it at least. Yeah. I would say right now the big three are like Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble. Those are the ones that I hear people using the most. But um, so this new one is called Thursday. So they said Thursday snags 3.5 million for a dating app that's live only once a week. 
that's their shtick because, you know, every dating app needs a shtick. Um, I like that. What they're trying to get at is what we've done full episodes on dating fatigue or dating app right. fatigue. And so they're basically saying, you know, people of dating app fatigue, you feel like you always need to be like flipping through. And so they're saying, you know what, forget that. It comes out once a week. But I remember, I can't remember which dating app it was. There was one that kind of did a similar thing. I feel like it was Plenty of Fish. Maybe they like Where they limited the number you, of- like five I think people the, or they, something. They limited the number of matches that you could have in a day. But then first they were like, oh, you can pay to get more matches. And then I think they just went to like the standard model that everyone else does. But I don't know. Um, so that's Thursday. They say it's only live one day per week. Thursday's a good day. I'm assuming that's yes. the day they're live because you're like, what are you – it like puts the pressure on you. Like, what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing this weekend? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And Thursday night is actually a good date night. That's the date night that we do. Nick and I. Yeah? Yeah. We have um we have somebody that comes and watches the kiddos every Thursday night. So we it's just all on the calendar. So even if we're tired, it's just we have a date night. It help, it's good for the good for the relationship. So I love – Love a good Thursday date. For someone like I've gotten to know better, I'll give them my Friday or my Saturday. But Thursday was always good for like a first date because it was like not not prime time, but like close enough to the weekend that it had a fun vibe. And if um, you like got kind of, you know, stayed out late and you were tired, you're like, Ugh, whatever. It's just one more work day. Exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. So with this app, um, you can start using it at like 1 a.m. on Thursday. Um, all matches and conversations vanish at midnight. I don't – that would give me a lot of anxiety that the conversations vanish. Um, They're going to change that, Garen. I'm sure. Because people are just going to be like – their phone's going to be just like full of screenshots. Like, no. Right. So users are pushed to act quickly and be a bit spontaneous if they want to get a date that night. Um, profiles are basic. Users can upload five photos, either from social media or their camera roll, and then share some top line information about themselves. So, I mean, I have heard people like having trouble getting the conversation from the app to like their phone for texting. So I guess this would solve that problem. Like, yeah, because there's some urgency, but I think more likely, yeah, you're just going to wind up losing a promising conversation and getting upset. Um, for but sh- For sure. That would be yeah. so annoying. If you're interested in using Thursday, though, they say for now it's only available in London and New York. So very limited pool there. But I guess it will expand. if uh, Give it a shot it. if you live there. Yeah. What are you reading about, Laura? So – I get my Vogue newsletter and I saw this. It said a semi-official power ranking of reality TV dating shows by wow. Emma Spector, which didn't sound like a Vogue article, but I was like, that's fun that Vogue is Vogue is ranking dating shows now. So I figured we'd talk about it because I don't know if we've ever done a ranking of dating shows. And this is our all-encompassing second to last episode dating dating podcast. So Number six, and the they just ranked the top six. It's called Sexy Beasts, and I have never heard about this show. The premise, Angela, involved dating contestants being transformed into animals and other creatures via prosthetics so that they can, quote, fall for each other without looks getting in the way. It's so bonkers. Uh, I, she- I got a sponsored ad with the trailer, actually. I don't know what that says about me that they were like, <laughs> you'll like this. 
Um, but I was I was horrified, disgusted, <laughs> not into it. So at all. I mean, I mean, it's just like a spin on what's that old show where um there would be somebody in a chair and then there'd be three people, but you can't see them. Yeah. The match game, I the think. The match right? game, yeah. Where you just can't see them. So it's like, okay, so instead of them just like being behind a sheet, you they're basically like you're they're in front of you, but they've got like all these creepy ass prosthetics i don't know so I, when i see things like that i try and think of like what the pitch was like because you and i have done some pitch meetings and it there's i mean done our hard. fair share of pitch meetings you for- walk into a room of people that are, like want to hate <laughs> what you're saying yes. you know they they are stone-faced so pitching a dumb show like this i can't i would love to just be a I would fly love to know. and we've pitched a game show we pitched a this is why your single yeah. game show we had like a production company attached we pitched in many a room um people were interested not interested enough let's say right right we just needed a dumb concept like this i guess why didn't we have prosthetics in our pitch i don't know i feel like this do you think this was covid inspired because people were dating with masks like half covering their face so oh, somebody was like oh what if this mask was a bird <laughs> what if i looked like a dog so fucking stupid i mean you know what i get it though angela like visually it's like the visual component it's like visually interesting you know not for me (laughs) neither me but but for someone uh okay number five was too hot to handle it brings contestants to a luxury resort and forbids them from having sexual contact with one another uh so like basically you can't hook up but you want to I always see people talking about this one on Twitter because they're like, how horny do you have to be that you can't like just not fuck somebody for 24 hours and then win money? Like, I would be great on this game. For sure. I would, I would, it'd be very easy for me to win the money. (laughs) You're like, my sexual, (laughs) my sexual desire is at a one. I could do this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The circles, number four. Apparently, the series has many loyal devotees, including a former Vogue cultural editor. Um, it's not entirely about dating. It's half game show. The contestants competing for a cash prize, uh, but it's still very flirty. And I hate the circle. I, I love that it. you know every single one of these. Okay. So why do you hate <laughs> all, the circle? All my friends watched it, loved it, were obsessed with it. Um, so then when the second season came out, I was like, all right, maybe I'll like watch the first season and like work my way up to the second because it's like so great. I'll have like all this TV to watch. And I couldn't get through two episodes of it. Because What's it the deal like, with it? What's it about? So it's literally just people. So everybody's in a separate room. They can't interact with each other. And they like talk to a computer screen and text back and forth. But like some of them are catfishing. Like some of them have created fake personas. Oh, wait pause speaking of catfishing i was at a barbecue the other day and guess who i was chatting up nev was it the nev? catfisher oh my god our kids were playing he was great on dancing with the stars he <laughs> could not have been nicer our our kids started playing and they both wanted to play with the same truck and he looks over and he goes i wonder how this is gonna go and i'm like i'm like oh it'll be fine like i'm like my son is like could not be better at sharing. And he was. He's just like, he was like, wow. I'm like very impressed. I'm like, yeah, he's in school. And then we started talking. And I swear he told me, I like thought he told me some other name. 
maybe he was trying to catfish me. But like, I was like, this guy <laughs> looks like familiar, but I like couldn't figure out why. I'm like, oh, he maybe just has like a familiar face. Was very like a dynamic personality. Like, yeah, you know, like, like I was like, oh, this guy's like probably really funny in a room or, you know, like funny over dinner. Um, and then, and then it wasn't until the end of the barbecue. They're like, no, that's like Nev from Catfish. And I was like, oh, that's just so, okay. That's interesting. Like, See, I didn't know. I'm disappointed it w- that you didn't know because I would, I like, I always am so interested in those situations. Like, do people pretend they don't know who the I person really is? I really didn't know. I genuinely you, like, didn't know. Do you do a little like, I know who you are. No, I, I had no idea. And then it, and then, but then like at some point he, we did start talking about the show once like we had been told by someone like, oh, that's like Nev from Catfish. And then, and then he was so chill. We were like asking about, it. he was like telling us about the new season and I don't know, whatever. He was very nice and our kids were playing and they, cute kid, nice guy. Uh, anyways, so, um, yeah, I just thought about that with when you say catfish. So this is like kind of a catfish situation in the show? Kind of, but it's literally just watching people text each other, which – and like sit on a couch and text each other. And during COVID, that's all I did. That is not – like I didn't – like a lot of people liked watching it during COVID because they were like, oh, this is like me. This is the perfect COVID show. But I was like, no, I want to like escape this. Yeah. I can't – I I usually text while I'm watching TV. So to text while I'm watching TV and what I'm watching is people texting was just – far too millennial for me. Right. Okay. Number three is Love is Blind, hosted by Nick and Vanessa Lachey, which I just find so funny that they're hosting a show together considering like his relationship with Jessica kind of ended when they did the reality show. Like he should know like never to do a show with a lover ever again. I don't know why, but also, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't want to, he, he has like a great voice. I guess he's just decided I'm not going to put in any, put out any more albums anymore. I'm now like just a TV host. That was always her thing. But like, what's his deal? Like, why is he not doing any more albums? Is has the music industry decided like this guy's dead to us? He we will not put another album out by him. Like, why is he not doing any music? Whatever happened? I don't know. Did he actually have a good voice? Do we know if he did? I do remember people I, saying like 98 Degrees was actually the most talented singing group of Yeah, the boy they bands. were really good. And then he did the his post breakup album when he broke up with Jessica, his solo post-breakup album was one of my favorites. Like, the songs were so good. Anyway, so this series oh. follows 30 men and women as they speed <laughs> At least date. he has one fan. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Lane. As they speed date to find true love in pods where they can hear but not see each other. What is all this, like, hearing but not seeing? Don't people know that, like, physical attraction is part of the picture? Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, number two, obviously, The Bachelorette which needs no explanation. And then number one is Love Island. Do you agree? What what are your thoughts on Love Island? And do you agree that that's the number one reality TV franchise? So that's another one that my friends really like, but I don't watch. I'm just like, I am not, I don't really watch any like dating reality shows. Like they all really annoy me because typically the people that go on them are insufferable. So (laughs) the worst. Like, I just don't care about what happens to them. I would say the closest that I have come to enjoying a reality show about dating is Love on the Spectrum. I can't recommend that show enough. It's on Netflix and it's about people who are on the autism spectrum dating and they have like a woman who is like a coach for them and um, it's very heartwarming and um, it's really wonderful to watch. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Um, I did love early Bachelorette, I got to admit. There were like a couple seasons like, that I got sucked in. Trisha. Was it Trisha? Trisha was her name? Trista? Oh, sh- that was like the original. They were, I'm talking I'm talking like way back. Yeah. Loved those ones. Uh, on that note, it is time for our topic of the week. This week's topic is how to master dating. Yes. Uh, on our six-year anniversary last last week, we we read off our top episodes. And I kind of realized they're just like really succinct. And like one of our top ones was like how to master first dates. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. We're throwing it back. How to master dating. Like all of dating. We're going to talk about all of our top tips. Everything That's we've learned. That's a tall order. It's a tall order. We'll see how we do. We'll see if we can master this episode. We started the podcast talking about dating. We're going to end it talking about dating. We did 250 episodes of This Is Why You're Single before the rebrand. And, you know, even throughout our rebrand, we continued to talk about dating and relationships and our relationships. And I think a lot of what we learned, even with, I always, I would always talk about, say, oh my God, they say that with parenting, you know, and it would be like a tip that you can apply to relationships. So it all kind of, it's all about dealing with humans. And even when you're like engaged, you're married or you have kids, I feel like everything I've learned, it, like, I I wish I would have known that known a lot of this stuff I know now back when I was dating. So this week we thought we'd each share the top 10 things we learned about uh, when it comes to dating. We've learned a lot of this from you guys, from our friends, and from our experience, and we're going to share it so that you can master dating too. I mean, we have not mastered it necessarily, or definitely not, but I have not mastered relationships. I'm still learning, but we're hoping that, you know, sometimes you give advice better than you apply it. I think I get right. better advice and then and I don't really follow it. Sometimes I can actively feel myself doing something I know I shouldn't be doing, you know, when I'm like yelling at Nick or something. Well, self-awareness is the first step on the journey, I think. All right. So you want to go back and forth? Sure. Kick it off. Okay. So for me, um, keep things funny. Keep humor alive with your partner. Uh, I mean, like, I guess it's that's like a personal thing. It's maybe you are a serious person and you don't care about humor. But for me, I really do think humor is the most important thing to be compatible about. I think that's the thing is like, even if you're serious, everybody has like something that tickles their funny bone and like you need to have compatibility there. And like early on, we would do whole episodes about like how to text, you know, or like opening one liners and stuff. And I think that is what we're getting at here. Like when I would read your texts with guys you were dating back in the day, I I was always so impressed at how funny it was. Like remember bacon on a stick guy? Yes. I like. He just texted you bacon on a stick with no context one time. But you were like into it. You were like, this is so funny. Like a photo. This is our. Not not the words bacon on a stick. A photo of him eating bacon on a stick. With nothing else. Fair. And so I just yeah. called him bacon on a stick. But that was like your right. guys' sense of humor back back when you were dating that guy. It was just like right. random, random, like random shit with no context. Right. And I, I squeezed that for all the banter it was worth. Yes. Um, my advice would be you need to have other things going on in your life to meet someone. They're not going to make you happy. They need to add to your already full life, which we've said all along. So when – 
Angela, when you met Ian, you were doing the sketch show. You like had found this other kind of creative outlet for yourself. You had your job in marketing. And for me, I, when I met Nick, I was like working three jobs. I was so busy. I was like hosting a poker show and like working at the magazine. Okay. Just two jobs. But I, I, I had like a very full and colorful life with like, I was so happy living in New York and all my friends. And then I met somebody and they, I think they could kind of tell that I, I loved my life. And so I, I did, I wasn't looking for somebody to fill this like big gap that I had, or I wasn't depending on them for my happiness. And I think that makes a big difference when it comes to like the success where if somebody can tell if you're hoping that they're going to make you happy, nobody else can make you happy. And you shouldn't put that on somebody else to make you happy. You need to have your own thing going on. Yeah. I think it's it's, it's funny that we're like saying this one early on because I actually think that is like our number one piece. Like all of our advice ultimately comes back to what you just said. Yes. Because the same is true for me. Like things really in my dating life did not start to fall into place until, yeah, like everything else was in order and I wasn't looking for somebody else to like fix my problems or make my life interesting. Like my life, I made my life interesting on its own. Because then you had stuff to talk about on a date, right? Well, that too. Yeah. Like I wasn't you were an interesting person. I was interesting. Yeah, you were interesting. You were an interesting person with like, oh, the Wall Street Journal's writing about us. Oh, I've got a sketch show. Come to my show. Oh, I sorry, I can't do it. I've got the, like whatever. You just had like a lot going on, and then it also made you probably not well. We were we were working on our book, and definitely you were still like checking your phone for text messages from Ian. But like, sure. maybe a little bit less. And for me, even though I had a shit ton going on, I still had time to like call my friend crying, being like. It's Friday night. Why has he not asked me out? And it was just because he was painting. But yeah, so you're still gonna be like, we're you're still gonna if you're if you really are crushing hard on someone, you know, even with your busy full life, you're you're still gonna have probably the same freakouts and insecurities that everybody has. But it'll be a little bit less, <laughs> and yes. you can hide them a little more. Um, right. All right. What else, Angela? What's your number two? Um, I would say listen when people tell you who they are and what they're looking for um, and don't try and like read between the lines. Like people will usually be upfront about what they're looking for. And if you uh, don't want the same things but you continue pursuing the relationship, it's usually because you're trying to hear what you want to hear. And um, you shouldn't do that. Like if somebody's not texting you back, and you're like stressed and you haven't heard from them for days like that doesn't feel good listen to what your what your emotions are telling you this doesn't feel good maybe i'm going to move on and pursue something else yeah my number 2 is don't make your partner your therapist work buddy gossiper gossiper buddy financier lover bff they don't need to fulfill every role in your life and like I, that's something that has taken me like probably a decade to learn with, with Nick even where maybe I'll get annoyed that he doesn't like to like gossip the way I do about people or I'll be like, Oh, can you believe blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, so what? And I'll just feel kind of like deflated, you know, like, why don't you like gossip with me about the, you know, like it's fun for me or, you know, I'll, I'll ask him for work advice and he's really good at that. But I, I, there are, I don't, I don't need for him to be my 
I'll, I'll tell him what's going on in my life if I'm feeling upset or there's something going on with my family. But I just try to remember like he's not my therapist. It's not his role to be my therapist. So I don't want to be, you know, weighing him down with this stuff all the time. You know, sometimes because he's my husband I'm and he's going to be there for me. But he doesn't need to be my BFF. He doesn't need to love taking vacations as much as I do. Like, I can go and do that stuff with my friends. He doesn't need to love shopping as long as he doesn't, like, make me feel bad about it. He doesn't need to love gossiping. All right, I'll – sometimes I'll get annoyed, but I'll – I can do that with friends. Like, he's he is my best friend and my partner and my lover, and I love I love everything about him. But they don't need to fulfill every role in your life. And I think that's just so important to not put that weight on somebody else. And then also you won't be so disappointed in them when they're not fulfilling every single role that they're not meant to fill. That's also why it's so important when you get into a relationship, as some people tend to do, like to not like ditch your friends, to not cut off your family. Like you need to have many relationships in your life to have a well-rounded life. And that way if like one is not going well, you're not going to you'll be able to manage it a little better. Uh, All right. What's your number three? Um, So once you move in together, just be prepared that your relationship is going to change. um, And certain things will come up that haven't come up before. Like, for example, in Ian and my relationship, cleaning and doling out the chores and compromising on who does what. um, That is a really quick way to build up resentment. So make sure you have an open line of communication and that you're doing your part. Yes. And one thing I that I really learned that I've had to talk to Nick about is making it about – so I like things maybe a little cleaner than he does. And so I make it about me. And so I'll say like I realize that like you don't care if blah, 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 but like it's important to me. Or like I know that maybe I'm being a little paranoid that I need the chain lock on the door. But, like, it makes me feel safer. So don't do it because, like, you agree. Just do it because it makes me feel better. And so when you might get frustrated, somebody's not doing the dishes or doing, like, emptying the dishwasher the way that you like it, you know, just don't make sure if you do feel like commenting on it, you know, maybe you just want to be like, all right, they're helping. I'm just going to let it go. And that's a great road route to take. But if you do feel like commenting on it, don't say, like, you're doing this wrong. Just say, like, hey, like, I know this is weird, but it's, you know, it's how I like it. Make it about you when it comes to this stuff. Um, And that kind of relates to my number three, which is Sunday check-ins. This is something that a therapist recommended like really early on that I def- that we definitely don't do <laughs> enough. But the times we have done it, I find it really helpful. You mentioned not building up resentment. So I find it really easy to build up resentment when there's no space to talk about things because when things are going really good, I don't want to bring up anything because I'm like, oh, things are going good. I don't want to bring up that like stupid, silly thing that like stupid, silly comment that rubbed me wrong or if things are going bad uh, and you're like in an argument, that's a really bad time to bring stuff up because then that's when you vomit everything you like are annoyed at the person and it's not like a focused argument. It's like you vomiting out 10 things and none of them are going to get resolved. So if you do Sunday check-ins, it can kind of help. So like, for example... I got these tickets to this Van Gogh, like, um, like, ex- like exhibit where uh, they like project it on the walls and, and it's yeah. like an immersive whatever. And so I was like walking, we were driving by and I go, look, Rylo, there's the Van Gogh exhibit. We're going to go in like a couple weeks. And like Nick kind of was like, yep. And I was like, what the fuck? What was that little comment? Like, yep. You know? And so then 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to bring it up because I'm going to be like resentful that I feel like sometimes I used to, he doesn't like doing all the like activities I like to do as much. So I'm like, I'm going to bring it up and like try to bring it up in a productive way. So I said like, hey, like it kind of bothered me when, or I forget how I said it, but uh, you know, you, you kind of made like a passive, like little aggressive, like, yep. And then I said, you know, I, I'm not like annoyed at that. I just want to understand. And he was able to really open up about how like he's an artist and he feels like, you know, this is not how the work's meant to be experienced. It's like exploitative. It like couldn't, it couldn't be whatever. He explained it in, in a way as like, as an artist, this is not how he wants to experience the art. And like, this is not how Van Gogh would have probably wanted his art to be experienced. It's like, uh, and 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 it made me really understand it better. And I was like, I really actually appreciated that thoughtful response versus like me just feeling like you're just annoyed at me signing up for an activity I'm excited about. And now I feel like deflated that you like don't want to go. But, but the thoughtful the thoughtful response I found really helpful. So like Sunday check-ins can give you an opportunity to have to not otherwise I maybe would have been like really resentful and I could just see myself in a fight being like yeah and you like you know always being a you know Mr. Pouty face when I do things I'm excited (laughs) about and like you know I could see myself yelling something like that you know yeah instead we were able to have a thoughtful a thoughtful discussion about it so yeah and I think sometimes like little tiny comments like that you don't even realize that it's bothering you you just feel annoyed at the other person totally and yeah, it's amazing how just like acknowledging it and having the conversation can totally just like rid Lift you it. of those demons. Lift it. Lift it's it like off your shoulders. A hundred percent. All right. What else do you got? What's your number four? Number four for anybody getting married, I just want to say that you can you can get really into your wedding and want to have a wedding and still be a strong, independent woman. I think I carried a lot of guilt and shame anytime I talked about my wedding or got excited or sad about it not working out. And I always felt like I had to apologize. But I just want to say, um you don't need to apologize. Feminists can like their weddings too. <laughs> can get excited about weddings too. Absolutely. Um number four for me, things are gonna go up and down in your relationship. Like sometimes you're gonna be clicking, sometimes you're gonna feel disconnected and that's completely normal. You just need to listen and really pay attention. Is this just like a little downslope? You just need to ride the wave and maybe just have a conversation. I'm feeling disconnected. Let's reconnect. Or is it time to move on? And you'll hopefully you'll be able to know the difference. What's your number five? Number five is you might not know somebody is wrong for you until you meet somebody who is right for you. Through the over the years, we've gotten a lot of emails from people saying like, I'm with this person. I really like them, but I don't know if they're the one. And I feel like I, anytime that I questioned if somebody was quote unquote the one, they weren't. It was like, like once I met Ian, it wasn't a question. I, w- I didn't have to be like, he's nice, but is he like, but do I really like him or is he just nice? Like, it was just like, okay, this is how this is supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like date a lot of wrong people to know the right person. Uh, number five for me, a little cheesy, but it's true. People will see you how you see yourself. So talk about yourself to other people in like confident terms. That doesn't mean you need to like brag or have an ego and like not talk about failure. That's not what I'm talking about. Like it's completely okay, and you should be somebody that can like talk about your failures and talk about 
and like have self-awareness. But there's a way to do it where you still like can like love yourself and just know we all have imposter syndrome or at least a lot of people do. Not there's certainly some narcissists out there, but um and so you might but but when you're talking about yourself to like someone you're interested in, like like talk like know how amazing you are and talk about yourself in that way and people will see you that way. Yeah. Um something I recently um said to my therapist and I think she thinks I'm crazy is I was like, you know, I've been watching a lot of Top Chef and I noticed that people will like get into the finals and I'll be like they don't belong there because they like if they're like really self-deprecating and then oh I'll be like, "Oh, actually they won a bunch of challenges I didn't even realize because the way they speak about themselves is like I believe what they're saying about themselves." So it's really all about how you sell yourself. Oh my god, That's I loved I that observation that you just <laughs> had. I love that observation of Top about, Chef. I learned a lot about self-love from Top Chef. Wait, no, that <laughs> is actually a very astute observation. Yeah. I mean, it's like – And I you're like, wait, they shouldn't word. be they, – they, they suck. They're not good at like the – Right. They're not good at the flambe. Is flambe a thing? I don't know. Um, sure. Uh, but really, it's like – I mean, you start to like think about like like depending on – if somebody's like, oh, I can't believe I made it to the finals. Like I don't – I never thought I would make it. You don't see them as like a, like a worthy competitor. No, you're, you're like, like – you're oh. like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have been – wow, you really got lucky. That's what I would think. But if they were like, right. I am so glad that my hard work and like incredible lasagna impressed <laughs> right. everybody so much and – you know, I've worked my whole life for this goal and I'm glad that everybody was able to see what I've always believed in myself. I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, you deserve to be in the finals, right? Yeah, it's true. But it's hard. It's hard to get to that place. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But I'm working on it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So next for me is something that I already said earlier in the episode, but dating is all about perspective. Someone you cry your eyes out about could be really, really gross to you a few years later. Yep, yep, yep. Which is impossible to believe at the time, but is so true and so real. Yeah. This is a simple one for number six. Just don't always freak out when someone doesn't text you back right away. Like I've done this with friends. There was – I remember – I'll never forget. A friend was asking me something. This is like years ago. And I was like on the way to the subway. And I was like, oh, I want to write her back like a thoughtful response. So I'll just write her back later. Because – and I like got onto the subway at work. And as soon as I got into work, I had a meeting. And like half the day had passed away. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go write her back finally. And I look at my phone and I had like two paragraphs from my from this girl that was like, I can't believe you like wouldn't write me back. I've been there for you, blah, blah, blah. Like literally tearing me apart because I like hadn't texted back right away because I – and oh, and I was no. like, how, wait, how fuck? long had it been? Like how half a day. Okay. But like – but it was literally like it was just so busy. I was like – I was rushing to the subway and then I was smashed in the subway and like couldn't even get my phone out. And then I get to work and I'm so busy at work. Like there literally wasn't a full five, ten minutes to like write a thoughtful response back to something she was asking me. And and I was like – and I'm like – I was like so taken back and I was like, whoa. And it just reminded me of even stuff with like – um. Nick and Ian like I remember like you totally freaking out on one of our book writing meetings and like he's not texting back and it turned out he had no service in the restaurant he was at and the same thing with Nick I remember one time sending him this like long email like I do not want a girlfriend blah 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 and he was just he had the same response that I had when I got this like these paragraphs from my friend over text was he was like you are the last human that I've talked to 
I have just been painting for the last like 48 hours. I like, and, and so just don't always assume the worst and like, yes. Sometimes, yes, people will ghost and people but, are dicks. But, like, that's the thing is you don't a, know. You have to, yeah, approach it reasonably because something like, yeah, if it, give it a day. But, like, I have a friend who just started, like, dating somebody. And unless she kept the conversation going, it would just die. And he never texted her first. And you eventually can, she, yeah, you could feel it out. She, yeah. Yeah. She just, like, stopped and then he stopped and then she never heard from him again. And, like, that's and I'm like glad that she stopped because at a certain point the other person does have to put effort in. Like eventually Ian and Nick both put effort in and showed that they were interested. So yeah. that is important. Yeah. I just mean like like yeah, give it a day. Um yeah. all right, give what else do you got? Um online dating is fine. I can't believe in 2021 I really do still meet people who are like, oh. I'm I'm not gonna download apps like I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna meet someone in person and it's like nobody's saying that you can't meet in person that that you could still go out and meet people but also have an app to yeah. meet people like I don't know if you're lonely and you want to date if you don't want to date who cares but if you want to date there's no shame in online dating everyone I know has met online so do yeah. it number seven for me people have different love languages I really do love like the idea of like taking the test with your partner just Google like different love language tests. For I love gifts. Like I love giving gifts. It's so fun for me to pick out gifts. Although I have to say I've gotten like a little tired on the gift giving recently. And I'm that my lovely I wonder if love languages can change. It's just <laughs> it's just so much between like all fa- like birthdays for all all family members on both sides, uh Mother's Days, Father's Days, uh Christmas, and then like and now like friends are having babies, weddings like little kid birthday parties. It's like, I can't be fucking buying a gift every single day. I'm like literally gifted out. Like it's changed my love language. I got to be honest. Um, But Nix's acts of service, I think like that would be my vibe. So I don't know, just know people have different love languages so that you're not, you don't build resentment. Again, resentment is a big thing you want to avoid in a relationship. Um, You don't want to be resentful resentful that like, oh, they never spend time with me. Well, maybe that's not their love language or, oh, they never buy me gifts. Well, maybe that's not their love language, but are they always like helping you out with stuff and doing gifts, you know, acts of service? So just be aware. All right. What's your number eight? We got a few more left. Yeah. A few more. I, uh, so I wrote dating someone who gets along with your friends is a game changer. I'm not saying that they have to be best friends, but I have had the experience of dating somebody that all your friends hate. And I now have had the experience of dating somebody who all my friends love almost more than they love me. And I get a little jealous, but I have to say the latter is so much better. Yeah, I love Ian. You don't want to be the person who – thank you. But like we get emails from people who are like, oh my God, my best friend is marrying somebody who's a nightmare. Like you don't want to be that person. So I think like if – when you first start dating somebody, pay attention to how they interact with your friends and your family because it's important. Yeah. Uh, I wrote number eight, vagina confidence. I don't know. That stuck out to me <laughs> in terms of like one of our popular episodes, something we learned from our sex experts. Everyone thinks their vagina looks weird. Vaginas are weird. Just be confident in the one you got. Yeah. Boobs too. Yeah. They come in so many different shapes. I remember we one of our sponsors, some a bra, bra plate, They're- which- Third, third love. Third love. They have you which like. Which is exactly sh- what I was thinking of. They show you like a bunch of different pictures of boobs and you have to pick which one yours looks like. And it's like, wow, boobs come in so many different shapes. Yeah. And they go in so many different directions. Yep. Mine love to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> What's uh, number nine? Number nine. Just because somebody is nice doesn't mean that they are right for you. 
You still have to have chemistry. It's okay to break up with a nice person if you're not feeling it. You're not a bad person. I call those people good on paper. And I dated a couple people that were just like so good on paper. I was like, I should like this person, but I'm like not excited for the date. And like, why is that? They're so great. So just don't give yourself a break. Don't feel bad. It's just yeah, how don't, it is. Don't force it. On uh, number nine, don't judge other relationships by how they look on Instagram. Like, just don't. You have no idea what's really going on. You truly have no idea. I'll see some of the happiest relationships and then like it'll end in divorce or a friend will like complain that like they cheated. Like you just have no idea what's going on. Don't, yeah. I'm not saying you should assume the worst from everybody's perfect looking life, but. But don't compare your life. Don't compare yours. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And finally, last for me, number 10, if you're feeling any kind of dating fatigue, if if you're just doing stuff and it's not working for you, switch things up, um, move, get off the apps, get on the apps, ask your friends for setups, you know, just like everybody needs a break every now and then. So if you're on an app and you're feeling overwhelmed, delete it and then you can always go back to it later. Absolutely. Um, number 10, I'm going to say actually two parts because I've, I should have put this down. We've talked about it so much. I feel like it's worth mentioning on our last dating episode. Try the how to fall in love in 36, I think it's 36 questions, the New York Times piece. Um, yeah. It's really fun to do. The New York Times had like a few um, like how to fall in love pieces that we talked so much about on the on the show. I just want to make sure I get it right. I actually, I meant to tell you, I just found out that there was a musical written about the 36 oh, questions. barf. Uh, it was like a podcast musical. It was never staged, I don't think, which like this is a new thing. But yeah, they, all the songs are based on the questions. Sorry. I hate when people just like, I mean, I shouldn't be one to talk. We did a, we did a sketch show to a book, to a podcast, but I'm like, that's a stretch. Um, it's called the 36 questions that lead to love. And it's just fun to do even with your partner or so, you know, an open-minded person that's you're dating. But what I had really written down was don't ditch your friends, which we had already talked yeah. about. Um, well, that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. That is a lot of what we learned from our 250 episodes on dating and our 300 and this is episode 314. Our The past 314 episodes talking about relationships, dating, marriage, engagement threesomes, sex. We've learned so much. So much. Um, you can always go back and listen to old episodes yep, yep, if you yep. need a refresher. Absolutely. Um, I think most of them still hold up. <laughs> Some might not. But Some might not. <laughs> hey. We did our best at the time. Um, that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. We have one more episode left. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single, for all of our dating advice if you want more. And it's a great way to support us and thank us for the podcast or just shout out to us. I don't know. Um, also, buy my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. They're available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. But we really encourage you to get them at your local indie bookstore. Yes. And get your discounts while you can. Get hooked up um, by from with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of sponsors and codes, check out our podcast page on thisisbythepodcast.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Why the Pod. I guess we'll, you know, keep that. I don't know how much we'll post, but follow us anyway. Um, please like and subscribe on iTunes. And thank you for listening. I'm going to say this for the very last time. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why the podcast.
is why. This is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why. The podcast. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>